You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them. Because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shea. Well, hello, my friends. This is Dana Shea, and you're listening to Real Relationship Talk. Y'all, today, we've got one of those real conversations. You know, the kinds that I love to have, because this is, after all, called Real Relationship Talk. And you know what's real talk? Is that sometimes marriage is boring. I know, as a marriage coach, I'm not supposed to say that. I'm supposed to make people believe that it's fun and exciting and wonderful and inspiring all the time. But if you've been married for longer than two months, you probably have realized that sometimes marriage is boring. Now, for some of y'all, your marriage has been boring for five years, and you are the ones that I want to talk to today. If you are incessantly, is that a word? Is that the word I want to use is the question. If you are constantly bored, then that's a problem. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we get into all that, you guys, I have a trip coming up. My family is doing so much travel, okay? Like, first of all, my daughter right now, as I am recording this podcast, is away in Alabama at officer training school. She is um, in the Air Force ROTC at her college, and she is going to be an officer in the military when she graduates in a couple years. So this is kind of their like boot camp-ish version where she's won't, she won't have to go to boot camp because she'll be an officer, but they do have to go through like a boot camp-ish um, for potential officers. So she's there. Sean has been traveling for work. I am traveling for work uh, coming up. Then we've got two family vacays back to back. My son, Chris, just got back from the Dominican Republic. I mean, we are all over the world. I was telling Sean, I was like, we literally need to do like a family map so that we can know where everybody is in this little family here. So I love to travel. It's something that it's near and dear to me. I've given Sean the travel bug. So we're always thinking about like, where's our next trip? Where are we going to go? Sometimes we take the kids and sometimes we leave them behind. So I'm really excited about some of that travel. But I have a trip coming up to South Dakota. Don't ask. Don't ask. Okay. Y'all, if you don't know me, you know I'm black, right? Like some of y'all are like, I didn't know she was black. Yes, I'm black. And do you know what the black population is in South Dakota? Wait for it. Not 10%. No, 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 no. That would be too high. Not 5%. Y'all, 0.4%. Okay? So pray for your girl. I'm going with a group of girls, and we are all black. And this is going to be a fun adventure, to say the least. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm taking one of my girlfriends said, what are you taking? Are you taking like you got to take your cowboy hat? And I was like, I'm taking my cowboy hat. I'm taking my cowboy boots. And this is going to be quite an adventure. So I hope that you have some trips coming up this summer. Depending on when you're listening to this podcast, we are about to go into the summer of 2022. And I always encourage people to travel you know, not to get on my soapbox here, but that is one of the things that's going to keep your marriage fresh. So speaking of a boring marriage, some of y'all need to change your routine. Okay, but I'm jumping way into the content. Let's go ahead and start this show. Today we are talking about I am married but bored to death. Raise your hand if you have ever been bored in your marriage. 
Now, if you're listening to this with your spouse and they didn't raise their hand, I'm just going to tell you, you might want to pause and like get that worked out, okay? But it's all right. If you have been bored in your marriage, you are in good company because the truth of the matter is marriage over time will get boring. Now, the good news is some of y'all are like, wait a minute, don't cut this podcast off because the good news is that it doesn't have to stay boring. Think about your life and think about all the things that you do, whether you're a parent, whether you have a career, maybe you have a specific hobby. Think about your friendships. Just think about your life. At every single juncture of your life, you have faced boredom in some capacity. So the problem becomes when people are married and they get bored and then they think, oh my gosh, my marriage is over. So I just want to start this podcast by saying that a boring marriage isn't necessarily a broken marriage. Some of y'all need to like write that down. A boring marriage is not a broken marriage. You can have a good, healthy marriage and still experience seasons of boredom. Now, like I said earlier, you don't want a five-year season of boredom. And you don't want to be constantly bored where you're just like drudging through marriage and every day is a chore and every day you're just like grinding it out, right? Like that's not the kind of marriage that you want to have. But I want to be able to help those of you who right now you're in a boring season. Maybe you've tried to do, you know, the little fun things. You've tried the date night. You've tried to be spontaneous, but you realize it's still boring. So this is going to be a two-part series. Today, we are talking about I am married and bored to death. So we're just going to talk about why marriage gets boring. And if you're in a bored spot, then hopefully after today, you will feel a little bit more normal. And then next week, we're going to follow up and I'm going to give you some real practical tips as to how you can help your marriage to not be boring anymore. So I'll probably give you some tips on the back end of this episode. But before I jump into the tips, I want to really talk first and foremost about expectations. Whenever I'm doing marriage coaching, whether it's premarital coaching or postmarital coaching, I will always have my couples talk about and write down their needs and their expectations. What I have learned through the years is that so often we're bored in our marriages, we're unfulfilled in our marriages, we feel disappointed in our marriages, we feel like we've been duped or we've been falsely advertised to simply because we have unrealistic or uncommunicated expectations. There are those of you who are married right now that are expecting your spouse to be your end-all, be-all everything, and they can't. They can't be that. And so because they aren't that, you feel unfulfilled or you feel disappointed or you feel let down. Others of you expect your spouse to be your BFF for life, right? BFFL, I think it's called your BFF for life. You want them to be your confidant, your comforter, your cheerleader, your road buddy, your travel person, your sex partner, your everything like wrapped up in one person. And when they're not fulfilling all of those things, you're let down and you feel bored. Some of you have an unrealistic expectation of what marriage is supposed to be. This happens often with my younger couples who have this utopian, romanticized view of marriage. I will be the first person to say that I believe that marriage should be romantic. I believe that marriage should be fun. I believe that your spouse should be your best friend. I believe that marriage should be incredibly fulfilling and it can be. But I also think 
that if you go into marriage or if you're already in marriage and you're thinking that your marriage is somehow going to complete you and somehow it's going to fill some sort of void in your life, you are undoubtedly putting too much pressure on your spouse and on your marriage. So let's talk for a little bit about infatuation. One of my favorite celebrities, actresses, I'll just say it's J-Lo. Okay, I love me some J-Lo. Like, I love her. I just love her story. I love how she started off and nobody believed in her. And she's not, like, incredibly talented as a singer, but she believes in herself. And so since she believes in herself, she has gone on to accomplish some major things in her life. And I hope that's not a knock against her. Like, I'm not putting her down for being a singer, but I'm just saying, y'all know, okay? Like, y'all know. The thing that I love about J-Lo is that she is this optimistic, like, she is going to find herself some love, okay? Like, she is like, I am going to find myself some love. I am not going to settle. I've been married three times, but that's okay. I'm about to get married again because this is going to be the time. And there was an article that I was reading about her. This is several years ago. And she said, I love the feeling of being in love. And I thought, ding, 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 ding. There's the problem. She loves the feeling of being in love. And some of you all love the feeling of being in love. Some of you, maybe you got married and you thought that that feeling of being in love was going to last forever. And now your heart is broken because the little feeling of being in love has then gone on and evaporated. And now you're like, well, what, what is this? What is this? What am I in right now? What kind of marriage is this? So let's talk about infatuation because some people do not realize that infatuation, which is that in love feeling, the butterflies in the stomach, the goo-goo eyes that I can't stop thinking about my partner every day, all day. I want to text them. I just want to call and hear their voice. Like those feelings are beautiful and they're wonderful and they're sweet and they're God bless them. You need them in the beginning. Okay. But infatuation and all the feelings that it involves is supposed to be a temporary feeling. So people who chase after infatuation or the, quote, feeling of being in love are constantly going to be disappointed. Think about people who they have like a pattern in their relationships. I'm working with someone right now who their partner has a pattern of separating after two years. So they'll be in a relationship and then two years will happen and then they'll break up with that person. And then two years will happen and they'll break up with that person in two years. So we've we've identified this pattern of behavior and most likely that pattern of behavior stems back to this person feeling like my wonderful J-Lo. They love being in love. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be in love, but there is a huge problem when you discount the person behind that love for the feeling of being in love. Let me say that again. When you discount the person that you are supposed to love in favor of the feeling of being in love, you have a problem. Love is always intended to have an object attached to it. You can't just love love. And so if you're just like, I just love feeling wanted, or I just love feeling important, or I just love feeling sexy, or I just love feeling desired, well, then you love yourself. You're not loving somebody else. You love the feelings that it's giving you. And my advice or challenge to you today would be set your gaze on something higher. Set your gaze on a person outside of yourself. 
Because if you're just chasing the infatuation, if you're just chasing that excitement all the time, then again, you're going to be constantly disappointed. Ladies, it's time for you to level up your wife game and join me for my next Wife Life Group Coaching Mastermind. Experience the best of both worlds as you glean from the wisdom of me as your main coach, plus a supportive team of women supporting women in marriage. During our weekly group sessions, you'll receive support on issues concerning your marriage and participate in real talk. Somebody say real talk. Real talk discussions on topics like communication, boundaries, sex, mommy issues, self-care, and so much more. Ladies, you are not going to want to miss this. Registration is happening right now at danashay.com forward slash wife life. That's D-A-N-A-C-H-E dot com forward slash wife life. Wife life is open to all married and engaged women, so be sure to invite your friends. Don't delay, ladies. Register today at danashay.com forward slash wife life. Marriage is like a roller coaster. Some of y'all are like, amen, amen. Listen, marriage is like a roller coaster. There's ups and there's downs. There's twists and there's turns. But you know what? Think about this. Think about a roller coaster. We love roller coasters because they're exciting and we get to fly through the sky and we get to go faster than we've ever gone. You know, it's exciting. But we don't want to be excited the whole time. Like living a life of 100% excitement all the time is not ideal. None of us wants that. If you don't believe me, then go home and have your spouse jumping up and down, excited, excited, excited for 24 hours. You're going to be like, listen, calm down. You're doing too much. You are doing the most. All right, just settle down. None of us wants constant excitement. If you're on a roller coaster, you want to go up, 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 up. You know, it's like, I hate that part of a roller coaster where it's like, chick, 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 chick. you're going up, up, up. And you know, there's this huge drop. I don't like drops. I don't like roller coasters. Okay, let's be real. But, you know, if I'm going to get up there, I don't need some humongous drop in the front, especially when they're torturing me on the front end with the and you're just seeing yourself climbing higher and higher and higher and higher, right? But this is marriage. There are times where you're preparing, 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 and then whoosh, then you have like the excitement, then you have the thrill, right? And you're doing the spins and the turns and all of that. But inevitably, even on roller coasters, there's still some areas of calmness where you're just going straight or you're just maybe spinning, but you're not doing all the loop-de-loops and all of that stuff. My point is, is that in life and in marriage, you are going to have seasons of stillness. You are going to have seasons of calmness. You're going to have seasons where there's not a whole bunch of quote-unquote excitement. And those seasons are just as valuable and just as needed as the exciting seasons. So how do we look at our marriage and appreciate the seasons of boredom, the seasons of calmness. One of my friends says when her children tell her that they're bored, she's like, that's a gift from God to you because now you get to activate your creativity. And I love it. I love it. I love it. I wish I would have known that when my kids were smaller. But I used to tell my kids, like, you're bored because you're boring. Like, that's that's my wonderful parenting advice. You know what I mean? Like, that's so flowery. Isn't that just so beautiful how she says that to her kids? But the truth of the matter is, when you are bored in your marriage, I'm going to take my friend's advice and give it to you because she's so much nicer than I am. You now get the opportunity to be creative. You get to say, wow, honey, look at this. We're in a little bit of a boring season in our marriage 
So how can we be creative here? What do we need to learn here in this season? What are we missing? Or maybe what is the purpose of the calmness? Maybe you're about to go through something in your life and you need this calm time. You need this this, uh, season of stillness, if you will. So learn to appreciate those moments and then, yeah, activate your creativity. Don't look at boredom as something that is happening to you, some external thing that's happening to you that you have no control over, that you're a victim of, and my goodness, that your spouse is somehow putting on you because they're boring, right? How many people say that? Like, my husband is just so boring. My wife is just so boring. And we don't look at maybe you're boring. Maybe your spouse is bored too. But because you haven't developed vulnerability and a safe space in your marriage to actually talk about it, neither of you are talking about it. Am I stepping on any toes here? It's okay to tell your spouse, I'm bored. I tell Sean I'm bored. Y'all, me and Sean have been married for 23 years. It'll be 23 years in July. I have been bored out of my mind in this marriage at times. And I'm sure Sean has too. He's just too nice to tell me. But I know he's got to be bored sometimes. What do we do with that? Do we go, oh my gosh, it's over. It's over. I'm bored. Or do we say, you know what, this is a little season in our marriage that we can learn from, that we can see, okay, why are we bored? Is there something that we need to do? Is there something we need to change? Is there an area of life that we need to grow in maybe? Some of us are bored because we've just outgrown certain aspects of our lives. The books that you were reading 10 years ago, you can't still be reading those books. You hopefully have graduated to new books. The conversations that you were having in the beginning of your marriage, my goodness, I hope you're not still having those same types of conversations now that you've been married for 10 years because now you've got 10 years of life experience together. Now you have 10 years of history. Now you have 10 years of experiences together that hopefully should deepen your relationship. So what is boredom trying to teach you? Let's talk about sex baby. Sorry, I couldn't resist. All right, let's talk about sex. Because a lot of couples who are really bored are really just bored in their sex life. So if we can, if it is possible to parse out sex from your marriage, are all the other parts of your marriage boring too? Or is it just your sex life that's boring? Because I can help you on both fronts, but really I can help you on the sex part. If you've not listened to the All About Sex or the Shameless Sex series that we've done on this podcast, you need to re-listen or listen to those episodes. That'll help you a lot. But even sex can be boring if you're doing the same boring things all the dang boring time. The same positions, the same time of day, the same location, the same length of time. It can get boring. So you have to switch it up. You have to keep it spontaneous. You have to keep it exciting. You have to keep your spouse guessing. You have to be willing to try new things, new positions, new locations. You got to learn how to talk dirty to your spouse. You know, and I hate even saying talking dirty because it's not really talking dirty. It's just talking sexy. But unfortunately, our culture has labeled that dirty. You got to learn how to do those things, though. I think, again, a lot of people who are married, they think it's supposed to be like it was when we were dating, which If you're a Christian, you weren't supposed to be having sex when you were dating, but I digress. Okay, but yeah, it's not going to be like it was when you were dating. It's going to be different. It's going to feel different, especially if you've aged. Things have moved and shifted and expanded and 
all of that, right? It's not going to feel the same. It's not going to be the same. It can be better, though. I will tell you, it can be better. My sex life with Sean right now, you guys, I wouldn't give that up for what we were experiencing in our late teen years for the world. Heck no. We didn't know what we were doing back then. But you have people that think, oh, I don't want to get married. I can't imagine having sex with the same person for 50 years. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, okay, so it's better to have sex with a different person a year for 50 years. So your sex life can be incredibly fulfilling and exciting and passionate, but you've got to put work into it. You've got to put work into it. That's with anything, you guys. That's with everything in marriage. You have to be willing to put work into it. So there's a scripture in Proverbs 13, 4, and it says, no matter how much you want, laziness won't help out a bit. But hard work will reward you with more than enough. When we think about words like hard work, most of us think about our careers. We think about planting something or we think about some some sort of big excursion or some sort of big development. No, 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 no. Like think about your normal life. You have to work hard in your normal life. Marriage requires work. I was with a premarital couple not too long ago, and they literally said to me, to my face, this is supposed to be easy. Who told you that a lifelong investment where you are literally blending your entire life with somebody else's life is supposed to be easy? Now, what they wanted to believe is that because they love each other, that these things that just come inherently natural. And yes, there is an aspect of love that does come natural. There should be a flow. There should be a rhythm. There should be an ease, if I can use that word, to some aspects of marriage. But make no mistake, for you to have a healthy and a long-lasting marriage, you're going to have to put in some work. And it's going to be hard work sometimes. And going back to that proverb, no matter how much you want it, You might want a good marriage, but if you're not willing to invest in your marriage, if you're not willing to be honest in your marriage, if you're not willing to be vulnerable in your marriage, if you're not willing to take some advice from someone outside of your marriage, if you're not willing to do those things, i.e. laziness, that's just expecting you to have good results without you putting in anything. Where does that work at? Like, tell me, where does that work? Where you don't have to put in any effort, but you're going to get a beautiful outcome. Yeah, that doesn't work anywhere in life. And it's not going to work in your marriage. So no matter how much you want, laziness won't help you a bit. But hard work will reward you with more than enough. If you make a decision to have a thriving marriage and you're willing to put in the work in order to do so, your marriage will work. Episode 79 of this podcast, it will work if you work it. If you decide that you're going to put in the work, if you're going to be intentional If you're going to do the work, if you're going to invest the time, the energy, the focus, all of that, right, your marriage will work. And not only will it work, but it will be exciting and it will be life-giving. And both of you, you and your spouse, will love being married. So I want to talk to that spouse right now who maybe you're like, I done made a mistake, Dana. You just don't know. I married the wrong person. I am so bored. He or she is so boring. I made a mistake. And I get this question a lot, you all. People think that they made a mistake. They think they married the wrong person. And truth be told, maybe you did. I don't know. But you're married now. And so you got to figure out how you're going to make this thing work. 
I'm going to give you a couple of tips, and I'm not going to give you the whole kit and caboodle because I want you guys to come back next week for the second part where I'm really going to go deep into what you can do to fix your boring marriage, okay? But the one thing that I will tell you, maybe I'll give you like two tips here. One is that I'll say that you have to have some sort of shared goals. You have to have something that you are both working toward. And when I'm saying goals here, I'm thinking more long-term goals. Not like, hey, we both want to run a marathon. Like, that would be great. But what happens once you run the marathon? Then you've accomplished the goal, and now you're like, uh, okay, what's next? Right? So maybe a better goal would be we want to be healthy. We want to be lifelong runners or something like that, right? But think about what is a goal? What is a shared goal? Maybe it's you both want to get out of debt or you both want to save up a certain amount of money, or you want to buy a property. Sean and I are looking at some properties right now, um, international properties, actually, that we we have a goal to to buy. We want to do some things that are different, that are um, not necessarily something that anyone in our families have ever done. We have goals, and that is what's going to keep your marriage exciting. Finding something that you can work toward together, where he can do his research and I can do my research. And then at the end of the day, we talk about it. Hey, look what I found. Look at this house. Look at this. Look at that. You're you're creating something together. Isn't that beautiful, right? This is what I was talking about earlier when I said that boredom lends its way to creativity. You're creating something together. You are deciding how your marriage is going to operate instead of just being okay with a sedentary marriage. Instead of looking at some external force, some pie-in-the-sky dream that somehow you're supposed to have this incredibly exciting marriage where you're not actually putting in the effort and the intentionality into it. So what are some common goals that you two can come up with? Let that be your homework. Whenever I have a coaching appointment, I always give my clients homework. Like, think about it. The Bible talks about, again, in Proverbs, where there is no vision, the people perish. That means they cast off restraint. They lose hope. There's nothing anchoring you. If you don't have a vision for your marriage, if you don't have a a focal point as to where we're going, then you're going to be all over the place. And it's going to be easy for you to get your eyes off focus and then for you to think, you know what, maybe I made the wrong decision. Maybe this person isn't for me anymore. No, 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 no. You need a vision. You need to have some shared goals together. Now, some of you, probably all of you, if you're married, have different ideals. You have different values. You maybe have different interests. And so you're going to have to to be a little, again, creative here to come up with something that matters to both of you. Maybe your goal is we just want to have a happy family. And I would say that's a great goal, but it's way too generic. So you want to get real specific here. And then I alluded to this earlier, and I'm going to just say it again here. Another thing that you can do if your marriage is super boring is that you're going to have to open up. You're going to have to be willing to be vulnerable in your marriage. Vulnerability is like the lost treasure of deeply satisfying marriages. It's something, you guys, that me and Sean, Sean and I were married for probably, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 years. I mean, this is fairly new for us to really be vulnerable in our marriage, to really open up about how we're feeling, about what we're really thinking, about our insecurities, about our fears, about our passions, about our unfulfilled longings. Like, that is vulnerable. And a lot of couples just are not willing to go there. 
because they're afraid. They're afraid of being rejected by their spouse. They're afraid of hurting their spouse's feelings. They're afraid of the fallout if they're really honest. But I'm telling you that if you're not being vulnerable, which means that you're not really being you, you're not really being authentic, so you're pretending at some point, that gets old real quick. And that's probably why you feel like your marriage is boring. Can I encourage you, go out on a limb and become vulnerable with each other again. Or maybe for the first time, start small. Don't be like, you know what? These are all the things I've ever thought. No, don't start there. Scary. But maybe start small. What's something that you can open up to your spouse about today? Maybe it's like your deepest dream that you've never really shared because you thought that they would laugh or maybe they wouldn't believe in you. Maybe start there. If you're willing to be vulnerable and if you're willing to open yourself up, you're going to tap into a whole new dimension in your marriage. And you're going to be like, wow, I really am digging my spouse right now. Wow. Y'all, I've been married for 23 years and, well, almost 23. I keep saying 23. So when we actually celebrate our anniversary, it's going to be so anticlimactic. Technically, we've been married for 22. It'll be 23 in a couple weeks. But still, I digress. Okay, we've been married for a long time. And I am just learning things about Sean that I'm like, wow, I didn't know that about you. And it's really great. It's blowing my mind. And so I just want to encourage you all today to be vulnerable. Take a risk. Learn about your spouse. Stay curious. There's another tip. Stay curious. If you think that you know everything about your spouse, well, then what do you have to look forward to in 20 years or 10 years or next year? You guys, there's so much more that I want to talk about, but I don't want this episode to be an hour long. This is why we're doing a part two. So remember that just because your marriage is boring doesn't mean it's broken. Every marriage goes through seasons of boredom. So if you're just in a short season right now, my friend, you're in good company. Make sure that you tune in next week. We're going to continue this conversation and I'm going to help you to fix your boring marriage. Now, in this episode, I have alluded to my coaching clients and things that we talk about. And I want to just put that out there to you. Some of you have been following this podcast for years, literally, and you know that your marriage is in trouble and you know that you should reach out, but you haven't. Listen, my friend, I'm talking to you. Yes, you. You need to reach out for a coaching appointment. I've tried to think of every way that I can help couples. We are going to have a group session coming up soon. So if group coaching is your thing, then hold on because that is coming up in the fall. But for some of you, you and I need to get on a call and we need to talk about what's really going on. And so I want you to reach out. You can find all that info at danashay.com forward slash coaching. Or if you're on the Real Relationship Talk website, just click the coaching tab. It'll take you to the same place. So I want to make sure, you guys, everyone who listens to my podcast, every single one of you has the ability to have a happy and a thriving marriage. There is no reason in the world that you should still be struggling when help is available and easily accessible to you. So will you take the next step and reach out for a coaching appointment? The ball's in your court, my friend. So until next time, I will see you guys on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shea. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember to subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode.
two weeks old in an iron lung which is you know like a sealed oxygen unit uh, fighting for my life I couldn't I couldn't breathe properly I, and apparently I didn't make a sound um, from the day I was born because my lungs were all messed up that's Martin Smith of Delirious sharing a personal testimony on The Walk a podcast for worshippers join us weekly to hear songwriters worship leaders filmmakers and other creatives tell stories in the form of a devotional The Walk can be found on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast platform